Our reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning at the 28th verse. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Well, thank you, Deborah, for that introduction. Thank you to all of you who have welcomed me here. I'm grateful and honored to stand in this pulpit and to be a guest of Dean Limehouse and the clergy and staff here. Um, It's just a great joy. The former dean of this uh, cathedral, uh, Paul Zoll, was my dean and professor in seminary. The church where I now serve, uh, St. Martin's in Houston, the former rector was your former dean, Larry Gibson. Uh, My current rector, Russ Levinson, is a son of this diocese uh, and came out of St. Luke's. Uh, So there are a lot of wonderful connections. I think uh, my destiny was to stand here before you today. So you're seeing it uh, come to fruition. Also would like to um, offer just greetings and welcome from St. Martin's and from the Diocese of Texas. It is Go Texan Day today in Texas where everybody is allowed to dress like a cowboy. So my children, that precocious Abigail and the other, uh, our other two children, our boys, um, Ethan and August are all wearing jeans and cowboy boots and hats uh, today. Uh, so um, uh, if you go to Texas today, just make sure to pack your boots. Um, I will say that uh, uh, Deb is right that Abigail is quite precocious. She, she's actually, uh, after Dr. Cole, she'll be the Lenten preacher uh, <laughs> after that next week. Uh, she is the one with all the theological questions. She's also the one who, at the age of three, we were attending a, a, a parish with more Anglo-Catholic sensibilities at the time that had um, a lot of uh, reverence and special actions around the celebration of Holy Communion. And after watching this as a three-year-old driving home uh, one day from church, we looked in the rearview mirror and saw Abigail um, celebrating the Lord's Supper with a graham cracker, lifting it high and breaking it with great solemnity. The body of Christ, she said. Clergy children. I lived in Sewickley, Pennsylvania, a suburb of Pittsburgh, for three years. We had a neighbor for a time who their backyard uh, was attached to our backyard, and so we would go back and forth a lot. And this neighbor, a wonderful German man, uh, had a daughter who was four years old, and one afternoon we were in the backyard, his daughter was jumping on the trampoline, calling out, Papa! Papa! Uh, and then, however you say, look at me in German, she said. And I was standing next to this man, and he uh, turned to me and sort of quietly said, Oh yeah, jumping up and down, i never seen that before. <laughs> if you've met a German, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, what that showed to me, though, was how, uh, just from an early age, and you know this if you've uh, been around human beings, but children especially, how desperate we are for approval. That sort of, papa, papa, look at me, 
give me your approval, give me that smile, give me that word of encouragement. We're desperate for it uh, from the earliest age. When I come in the door at home, my kids are not interested in the least at what I did that day, but they immediately want to show me their artwork, their project, their report card, whatever, and to get that word of approval that they are okay. And this is what we're all desperate for. The entire point of the internet is to get approval from people, right? Um, it was only a matter of time before somebody would invent something called Facebook and that you could then like everything. It, it's based, Facebook is a platform for me to proclaim to the world all the good things about me and how great I am and how wonderful my life is going. I know somebody who had to quit Facebook and she said that the, the, uh, um, the level of... Uh, decrease in stress and emotional anxiety in her life after she could was unbelievable and I said well why is that she said well the constant pressure to compare myself to everyone else out there um, I uh, am a contributor to the Mockingbird blog and some of you are familiar with Mockingbird and which was started by David Zoll almost six years ago and uh, some of you have been to the conference in New York and there's another one coming up this April and another one in Texas that we're hosting in October but my friend RJ, who's another priest that works at St. Martin's, recently posted something on the Mockingbird blog. And, uh, of course, we both post things there. And he came into my office one day and he said, my post got 105 hits. It's going viral. And he kind of gave a fist pump and then left. And, of course, this is the thing we do. Even in a ministry, Mockingbird, it's all about grace, right? We still want to be told that we're good enough based on what we've done. So this is the irony. Um, that's what life is like. Um, we all want to know we're okay. We all want to know we're good enough. Um, even if you're not on Facebook or any of these other things, uh, I know people who, when the, um, every, every town has one of those magazines that's really just to sell advertisements, sort of the local magazine, uh, but in the five pages that aren't advertisements, what they always have are photographs from social events fundraisers, galas, gallery openings, whatever. And I have a friend who immediately turns to those pages to see if she has been photographed and listed uh, in those pictures. So she has to eat a lot of hors d'oeuvres. But, you know, this is her goal in life, is to be photographed. So are we okay? Are we okay? Um, Justin Bieber's ex-girlfriend, Selena Gomez, uh, has a song... Um, uh, and in which she sings to this ex of hers, maybe Justin, who knows. Um, you made me feel insecure. To me, I wasn't good enough. And there are a lot of people in relationships like that. Is today going to be the day that I set him off? I dance around him um, in that delicate arrangement where uh, I try to just be good enough that I don't set him off and cause the volcano to erupt. Or husbands who um, are always walking on eggshells around their wives and, and uh, you know, the ones that um, they're in the doghouse more than they're in the real house. Um, this, am I good enough? That's what we spend our time trying to, um, trying to achieve. Men who spend time trying to prove they're not frauds. I have a friend who was, uh, who got a big promotion. Uh, and was head over a large department in, a, in his company. And he, he just said, I, I hope nobody figures out that I have no idea what I'm doing. He just wants to know that he's okay, that he's good enough. Um, so what we do is we get up in the morning and we put on our armor and we soldier on and we are just terrified that someone will find a chink in the armor, that somebody will find our vulnerability, that somebody will find out that we um, are not happy, that we, we don't feel good enough, we, we um, are deeply terrified 
um, of somebody finding out who we are. And of course, church gets in this business too. Religious uh, forces come along as well. Another way for you to try to prove that you're okay and that you have value and worth. I was driving in uh, Houston the other day, and I, which um, has a lot, a lot, a lot of churches. And there was a billboard for one called Triumph. And it had a picture of a man behind the words Triumph, arms raised to the sky, like, you know, he's just, um, and not, you know, he's not cursing, um, he's achieving. I've, I've done it. I've triumphed. Um, and I'm sure when you go to this church, you'll hear lots of words about how you can triumph, how you can, that feeds into this thing about, am I good enough? Because we all want to, tr- to, to triumph in life is that journey to try to feel like you've won, you've succeeded, you're okay, you did it your way, and you won. So the church comes along as not to help either. So we're all in this thing, am I okay? Am I good enough? And that's what Jesus is speaking to in our reading from Matthew 11 today, where he says, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. The gospel is for people who are exhausted, weary, and for people who are carrying things that are too heavy for them to bear much longer. People are exhausted. No one I know really sleeps. Everybody wakes up around 2 in the morning, and they then reach for their iPad and play Scrabble or something like that. Um, And uh, people are exhausted. People are caring for aging parents. People are tired of their careers. Uh, 40% of people uh, hate their jobs. Uh, People who have just endured a difficult relationship for decades and it doesn't show any sign of changing. People are tired. Jesus does not say, come to me, those of you who are doing pretty well on your own, but could use the help of maybe a a consultant. to maybe strategically think about leveraging your current strengths um, into some greater accomplishments. Uh, No, he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, who are carrying heavy burdens, whether they're sins, whether they are regrets. The gospel is for those who are exhausted and for those who are carrying heavy things. I would like to see a church billboard that says, has-beens, frauds, exhausted. But no, we, 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 we prefer denial, right? But the gospel, thankfully, from Jesus' lips, are for people who are exhausted, people who are carrying heavy burdens. And what does Jesus offer them? And, and take a look at this. Notice, this passage is one that probably you've heard many times if you read the comfortable words after the confession and absolution in your liturgy here. You know that this is one of the verses. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. These are the words that are inscribed above the door as you enter St. Martin's where I work. These are familiar verses, but just think about it. See them afresh today. And think about how amazing it is that when God comes... If I told you that God was coming to your house today, you might start cleaning up. You might start getting anxious. You might start hoping he doesn't open the closet hallway, the hallway closet, because that's where you've stuffed everything. Please don't go into the attic, Jesus. When God comes, we expect judgment. We expect 
uh, things that we need to do. We expect rebuke because he knows what, what we did last night. He knows what you did in... Whoever just laughed loudly at that joke is like, ooh, I'm the only one. No, <laughs> you're not. You're not. Um, he knows what you were thinking about when you woke up this morning. And he knows uh, what you did your freshman year, Right? Those things you're carrying around. And so we expect him to give us a stern talking to. I mean, we know Jesus is nice, so he'll, he'll let us back in the party. But, but with a stern talking to, maybe a slap on the wrist uh, sometime in time out. But look what Jesus, when God comes, Jesus shows us who God is. If you wonder who God is, look at Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus says to do. And look how he comes. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you more things to do. No. But we so often feel that way. He says, come and I'll give you rest. I'll give a permission slip that says you don't have to do anything else. Ever. He's gentle and humble of heart. You can put down the burden. You can give him the sin. And you can leave your justification, your okayness in his hands. It's not your problem anymore. Proving your worth is just not your business anymore because of the cross of Christ where he takes all your burdens and takes them to the grave and in his resurrection leaves them there. And when he says from the cross, it is finished, that means that God's law is fulfilled by him for you. There's no more uh, beauty pageant for you anymore. There's no more seeking approval anymore. It's finished. There's nothing you can add to it. The game is over. What does this look like? What does this rest look like? I had a a living, breathing parable of it in my own life recently. I took communion to an old woman who wasn't able to attend church a few weeks ago in her 80s. And her whole house was clearly a cry for approval. There were portraits of herself in the room uh, of her, a much younger her. Uh, and there were photographs around demonstrating her accomplishments. And um, she, uh, she was holding on to a part of her that, because of her age, had died. And she, uh, her husband had died. She, was, she had played this, this game for approval for her whole life. And we sat and we talked. And she just talked and talked and talked. And she uh, began complaining about all the things that are difficult and all the hard things, legitimate complaints, difficult things in her life. Um, She ranted about a number of things. And I didn't do anything. Um, I didn't know what to say. Um, I didn't agree with what she was saying. I had lots of advice to give her. uh, But I knew that wasn't my place. And I just let it sort of wash over me. And after she had emptied her rants and finished with her complaints and had told me her grief and opened about all of that, she then told me something that she had been carrying around since her teens, something for which she was not sure God could forgive her because she was not, um, uh, she didn't know this Jesus who was gentle and humble in heart. She knew a God who was waiting to rebuke her Uh, She knew a God of judgment. And in just listening to her and receiving her confession, she was able, through that interaction, that mediation, to discover this truth, 
And so what I want to offer to you is I want to give that picture to you that you would be able to see Jesus who knows what you're carrying, even if no one else does. He knows that you're exhausted. And he says, come, come and give it to me. And despite what you may have heard and despite what you may think, despite what your mom told you when you were five, I am gentle and I am humble and I will give you rest. We all want to be in a place where we can give up all the posturing of establishing our worth in human things. We all want to find a place where we are loved. Jesus is for the weary and he offers rest. The cross is the end of the search for approval, the game of performance. It is finished. Enter into his rest. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you now and remain with you always.